Welcome to the Raised with Jesus podcast, 10 minutes every day where the life of Jesus meets yours. You've got your daily Bible reading today from Mark chapter 11. Mark chapter 11. As they approached Jerusalem at Bethphage and Bethany on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two of his disciples and told them, Go into the village ahead of you. As soon as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there on which no one has ever sat. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you doing this? Say, the Lord needs it, and he will send it back here without delay. They left and found a colt on the street tied at a door, and they untied it. Some who were standing there asked them, what are you doing untying that colt? The disciples answered them just as Jesus had instructed them, and the men let them go. They brought the colt to Jesus, threw their garments on it, and Jesus sat on it. Many people spread their garments on the road, others spread branches that they had cut from the fields. Those who were in front and those who followed cried out, Hosanna! Blessed is he who who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest. Jesus went into the temple courts in Jerusalem and looked around at everything. Since it was already late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. The next day, after they had set out from Bethany, Jesus was hungry. When he saw a fig tree and leaf in the distance, he went to see if he might find anything on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, since it was not the season for figs. Jesus said to it, May no one ever eat fruit from you again. And his disciples were listening. They came to Jerusalem. Jesus went into the temple area and began to drive out those who were selling and buying in the temple courts. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the chairs of those who were selling doves. He would not allow anyone to carry any merchandise through the temple courts. He began to teach them, Is it not written, My house will be called a house of prayer for all nations? But you have made it a den of robbers. The chief priests and the experts in the law heard this and were looking for a way to kill him. Indeed, they were afraid of him, because the whole crowd was amazed at his teaching. When evening came, Jesus and his disciples would leave the city. As they passed by in the morning, they saw the fig tree withered down to the roots. Peter remembered and said, Rabbi, look, the fig tree that you cursed has withered. Jesus replied, Have faith in God. Amen, I tell you, whoever says to this mountain, Be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will happen, it will be done for him. Therefore I tell you, everything that you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. Whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him, so that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. But if you do not forgive, your Father in heaven will not forgive your sins. They went into Jerusalem again. As he was walking in the temple courts, the chief priests, the experts in the law, and the elders came to him. They asked him, By what authority are you doing these things, or who gave you the authority to do these things? Jesus replied, I will ask you one question. Answer me, and I will tell you by what authority I am doing these things. The baptism of John, was it from heaven or from men? Answer me. They discussed this with one another, saying, If we say from heaven, he will say, Then why did you not believe him? But if we say from men, they feared the crowd because everyone held that John really was a prophet. So they answered Jesus, We don't know.
Jesus said to them, Neither will I tell you by what authority I am doing these things. This is the word of our God. The triumphal entry at the beginning here of Mark chapter 11 is the day that we celebrate as Palm Sunday. And as Jesus enters Jerusalem, the people are really confronted with the claims of the Messiah. As Jesus enters, blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David, their their long-cherished hope for a Messiah finally being fulfilled. The blessing of his reign, that is his kingdom, is coming to his people. The people are crying out with joy as, um, as Jesus enters, Hosanna in the highest, Lord save us. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Just as a brief note, um, you might recall that word or those words as the song that we sing immediately before the words of institution. When we celebrate Holy Communion, that's the song that we call the Sanctus. And it's usually, we we put together um, the Holy, Holy, Holy from Isaiah chapter 6, the call of Isaiah, as the angels are calling back and forth, Holy, Holy, Holy. And then the words of the crowd here from Mark chapter 11, or the triumphal entry at least, um, Hosanna in highest, blessed is he who, who comes in the name of the Lord. Um, and with that, we're really saying, you know, Jesus is making his, his entrance into our midst again. He is coming and extending his kingdom to us again, and his kingdom comes to us. So with the triumphal entry, um, we really have this confrontation where the people and the leaders have to say, well, is this the Messiah or not? Are we going to listen to him or are we going to reject him? And in this chapter, um, Jesus proves who he is and he demonstrates some of his frustration even, both in deed, um, that is in action, and also in words. And as he, you know, on, on Palm Sunday, he goes up to the temple, he looks around and then it's getting late, he goes back out to Bethany where they are staying. The next day, verse 12, after they set out from Bethany, Jesus was hungry, and he sees that fig tree. And when you see a fig tree in leaf, that means that it should have it should have figs on it. And if it's not the season for figs, then it shouldn't have leaves on it. Um, but he sees it in leaf, he finds nothing but leaves. So it looks like it should have fruit. It looks all, all good from a distance, but when you actually look at it, it's not. The fruit isn't there. Um... <laughs> it's not being consistent with its who its character as a fig tree. And the important part is verse 14. Jesus curses it. May you never eat, may people need, never eat fruit from you again. And his disciples were listening. Um, this isn't just the, you know, the, the vapid frustration. Um, this is a teaching point that Jesus is bringing in for his disciples. They heard what he said. It's not that Jesus is just upset that there were figs there and then all of a sudden he uses uses his divine power for accomplishing his, um, for venting his frustration. No, quite to the contrary. Um, because what he's showing his disciples is as they're going into Jerusalem and they've got these couple of days here um, recorded for us in Mark chapter 11. As they're going into Jerusalem, there is a lot that looks like it is the fruit God wants. But upon further closer inspection, the actual fruit of faith is not there. And so the teaching point, verse 14, his disciples were listening and immediately after that, they go up to the temple and Jesus cleanses the temple. He starts, um, he overturned the tables of the money changers and the chairs of those selling doves. He would not allow anyone to carry any merchandise through the temple courts. 
And so by what he does, Jesus demonstrates who he is, that he is the Messiah, exactly as the people had welcomed him. And Jesus wants to extend his kingdom, his ruling activity, even to those of other nations, those who have come to worship. And these Jewish leaders have permitted, allowed, and perhaps probably even profited from um, the selling of animals inside the court of the Gentiles. There's all sorts of space around the base of the temple, outside the temple, um, where people would be able to sell animals. And then once you get to the temple, only the, the Gentiles would only be allowed to go in that most external court. Um, and that's the place where they have to walk around all the walk around all the animal mess and they're trying to have their prayers as they're you know standing next to the tables with the clinking of money and the the animal sounds going on there so and it's that event that flipping of the tables and driving out the money changers um is sandwiched between the cursing of the fig tree and the recognition the next morning that the fig tree has withered now that that withering had taken place as soon as jesus had said it but now a day later it's very obvious that everything has wilted and the leaves have nearly fallen off and um and peter speaks up and says look the fig tree that you cursed has withered and Jesus makes a spiritual application um, about actual fruit. Whoever, and, and first of all, he talks about, um, you know, the fact that if you believe this, then, you know, anything is possible for those who believe. But his application has to do with fruit of faith, not just the belief, but the result of that belief is that, um, is that we don't hold a grudge, but that we rather, quite to the contrary, we forgive. And, uh, and that's what he says in verses 25 and 26. Whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him, so that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. But if you do not forgive, your Father in heaven will not forgive your sins. So Jesus demonstrates by what he does. Um, as he enters the city of Jerusalem, as he curses the fig tree, and then he cleans out the temple, he demonstrates by what he does that he is the promised Messiah. And then finally, the last little section, we get to the discussion where Jesus demonstrates by what he says that he is the Messiah, or at least they want to they want to get him to admit that he is, and he avoids it. Um, but it's this call to repentance that Jesus gives. They are asking, by what authority are you doing these things? And by refusing to validate Jesus's authority, the Jewish authorities, the Jewish leaders had heard John the Baptist's call to repentance. They had gone and seen him and listened to him. Um, but they refuse to believe him. And now Jesus imposes that same call to repentance upon them. If, you, if they would not listen to that call, they would never know the authority of Christ and be blessed by it. And so when Jesus has that conversation and says, well, neither will I tell you by what authority I am doing these things, um, they had refused to be told. When God spoke to them in John's baptism, when God spoke to them through John's preaching, throughout the entire ministry of Jesus, we're talking about three years nearly, um, and Jesus demonstrated that in word and in deed, but now they will not be told except by the cross and by the resurrection, because the Messiah will triumph. As he is coming into Jerusalem with the triumphal entry, um, that is the beginning of his triumph, and that eventual triumph is going to culminate in the resurrection and the ascension. So as you go about your day, what does this mean for you and me? Jesus, the promised Messiah, has come. Jesus, the promised Messiah, has done everything in word and in deed, exactly as God's word requires. 
and he calls us to follow him, and he wants to see fruit. Um, and But most of all, most of all, that he has done everything. We need to see that first and foremost, that Jesus has done everything, that he confronted those who opposed him, and that he died on the cross and rose from the dead for you and for me. So let's follow him. And as we follow him, look for opportunities to bear fruit to his glory. God bless your day.